Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, my brother? Good, man. How you doing? Man, it's 75 degrees outside. Man. I can't do no better than that, man. <laughs> All right, and also uh, I have uh, we have a special guest uh, Richard Riley on the line, man. How's it going? Doing well. I'm beautiful, beautiful. As you said, at 75, I'm like this is perfect weather. Yeah, <laughs> paradise, man. Paradise yeah. on earth, man. Yes, indeed. But yeah. Uh, so tell us about yourself, man. What do you do, and uh, how many kids you got, and what are their ages? Um. Uh, well, children. I have three boys. Uh, my oldest will be 30 this year. My middle son will be 28, and my youngest just turned 18 and graduated high school. Oh, man, they almost out the nest then. Yes, yes, indeed. Empty. <laughs> <laughs> it's empty. But, uh, and then I'm a recruiter. I'm a full cycle recruiter for my, uh, my career. Nice. What made you want to get into that? Uh, happenstance. I went in for one job, did something very well in another area, and they said, hey, be a recruiter. But, you know, it has the background from the management and things like that. So that was kind of easy to go into, you know, just it's basically just selling a person a job, you know, seeing if they fit. Yeah. So uh, how has recruiting or being in management helped you as a parent? It helps you learn how to listen. <laughs> That's <laughs> indeed. Because uh, one thing I think uh, what we do as parents, man, and uh, everyone can attest to who is a parent, is we think we're right most of the time because we're the parent. But if we sit back and listen, we'll find out what the problem is quicker. Other than just, no, you do this, you do this, you do this, you listen. You know, I used to always have this little term that this is not a tennis match. Yeah. Well, it's not a tennis match. So when I hit you something, you don't hit it back. Yeah. You just catch it and keep it. But in the end, I learned that it is a tennis match. And then sometimes I'm just the catcher. You know what I mean? Sometimes I is not tennis. Sometimes I'm the catcher. I just got to sit back and listen. And I'm still learning on these things because, you know, pride, uh, uh, experiences, and, you know, just, just trying to be a dad. You know, that's the biggest part. So how do you find that balance? So, um, like, I guess, how did you come to the conclusion where you had to listen? You, you know what I mean? When I, I prayed on it, I did a lot of meditation, did a lot of, uh, you know, just being in tune with the, with, with the universe and everything, you know, and the creator. And I was like, where am I going wrong? And the one thing I listened to was if enough people say enough things that's centered to one, there's a common denominator. Mm -hmm. I was like, dang, I'm that common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to go ahead and listen. And when I sat down and just listened to him actively, now it was a difference because I was listening before, but I was listening so I could speak. But then I was like, well, let me actively listen so I can actually hear what they're saying and be able to digest this. Because it's hard to hear somebody say something wrong about you, you know, and I don't care who you are. And I just sat back one day and they was telling me, and I was like, oh, wow. I, I need to be a better person. <laughs> I need to be better. So I learned from them and I thank them. So uh, talk a little bit more about your meditation practice. I, I, I practice meditation too. Uh, I do it more uh, more actively like uh, throughout the day, like I'm walking, like I'll count my steps to 10, repeat, you mm -hmm. know, count to 10, repeat, count, count my breaths. Like I, oh, yeah. I do it more throughout the day. But uh, how do you do yours? Well, mine is, is, is throughout the day. And then I have, I have my first and my last hour of the day that no one can interrupt. Those are mine. I've actually added a third one in is when I get off of work. So when I first wake up is mine. 30 minutes after I get off work is mine. My last hour before sleep is mine. Now, as far as the meditation practicing, I'm Reiki certified. So I deal with a lot of that in itself. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't dealing with the energies and chakras, you believe. You know, I think you've probably heard of those. Yeah, uh -huh. But I would do those, too, where, you know, active breathing. I go in nature almost every single day, and I tune in to what I hear. Rather, all the nature sounds, I watch the clouds, I, you know, and it's just being in the moment, mm -hmm. being present. And so I practice that every single day. Like, you know, 
you count your steps, I count my breaths. Or I'll hold it and just sit there for a minute. I take pictures in, uh, of the nature, or these little short videos of the nature for 30 seconds to a minute. Mm -hmm. I have some clients that I would deal with and I would say, hey, you know what? You can meditate at work. You know, if work's starting to get you, I say, slow it down to speed it up. Take one minute. You can either do it in silence, you can do it in prayer, or you can do it to sound and just take one minute to just tune in. And when you come out of that, you're going to feel relieved because you're able to now get through that red tape. Yeah, I kind of compare meditation to like flushing the toilet, man. If you don't flush the toilet after a while, man, it just get built, built up. And uh, you clear all that out, all this stuff, all the negativity, even uh, like all the thoughts that you might be, be uh, racing throughout your head, man. Just oh, yeah. taking a moment to just breathe. Oh, yeah. You know, That's just, when you think about it, like to get, take, take it back to the essence of just being alive. Right. Inhale, exhale. And then, ah, man. The greatest gift. Yeah. Greatest gift. You it's know, the that's present right yeah, now. It is it. It's yeah, and I love it. I love it. So meditation for me is life. It is life. If I don't, you know, if I don't yeah, man, I can I, I can talk all day about that. So <laughs> oh, what's you can talk offline, brother man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you uh did you incorporate that with your kids? Like uh with them? You know, we talk about it, but it, it's not for everybody at that time. Yeah. I planted the seed, though. The seed is planted. Uh, they're starting to do it every once in a while. You know, my youngest son, we had him do it uh, when he was going through, like, some injuries. And I was like, man, just, I said, just sit back and appreciate the moments. Close your eyes and think of everything good. And when he finished, I was like, you know, you just meditated. I said, but you meditated on good thoughts. He's like, oh, Okay. But you know how it goes. You give it to them. They don't catch it until a few years later. It goes through as a, it's, it's a period of growth. And they'll come back to you and let you know. But I have, I've introduced them. So, yeah. That's cool. I, I heard um, you said that you're a Ranky certified? Ranky, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Do you, um, are you familiar with like retention and stuff? Energy retention? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, me and Royce, we always uh, talk about this. What What are your thoughts on retention and like the Kundalini energy and all that type of stuff? You have, you know, as he was saying earlier, you gotta you gotta flush it mm. because that energy lies within you, and that's in everything. Anything that you ingest into your body, anything you take in, you can have it. And if you don't let it go, it grows. And if you haven't let it go, you don't have time enough to put something else in. So there's no way to transfer it. Right. So that energy that you hold in you, it can be in your shoulders. It can be in your jaws, you know, in your head. You can say, oh, I got a headache when well, my neck is stiff. Relax. Let that energy flow. Let your body flow because we're in a tense mode. And, you know, especially with today's climate, there's a lot of tension going on. And we hold that. Some of it could be childhood energy that you haven't let go or relationship energy, job. It's related to everything. So I believe if we don't key it in, like trigger it and find it and then try to find a way to expel it, you can find yourself spiraling, you know, forms of depression, uh, health, uh, you know, all type of health injuries you can have, you know, just off of that alone, which is why you, you know, if you go to a masseuse or anything like that, they'll find the knots and those knots can come from just the retained energy that you put into it. So if that's some of the things that you're speaking of, that's, you know, Hopefully I hit that. Yeah. Um, like when we, we talk about as far as like sexual uh, retention and like semen retention. <laughs> okay. So y'all talking about, <laughs> don't, don't, and, and I mean, some of it have it where you have uh, a better cognitive and mm -hmm. you do some semen retention. So you think clear, your body has more energy because you're not putting it out there. And now you have sacral energy. Also, you know what I mean? So tantric energy. So if you look at which one you're looking at, you know, you can have the release without the release. Yeah. So you can have a semen retention on one hand, but you can still have the sexual release through, uh, through a tantric moment. Mm -hmm. So you like, it's, we don't have to have it. You know, the, the carnal body does, it desires it, it wants it. But if you do that and you retain it, you're gonna be stronger. You're gonna think clearer. So it has benefits, you know, uh, 
a lot of us probably don't, don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I have my own, my own experience with it, though, man. I did it for, like, almost a year, like, last okay. year. And um, I felt more clear. My, uh, my eyes were brighter. Like, I had more energy. Uh, like, I felt stronger. Because mm -hmm. I, I literally Google like, what's in semen? Like, it's uh, all these elements. It's like uh, B12, it's testosterone, it's, oh, yeah. like, you're literally your DNA. Yeah, we, we, we let it go. You got to recreate that DNA. Mm -hmm. That's why a healthy so, diet is important. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how when you said like circulating like energy throughout your body, that's part of it too. Like circulating that, all that energy throughout your body. So that yeah. way it doesn't get stuck in the place. You know, you, you pull it in. Yeah. You know, right. you, any partner that you have, you transfer energy. Yeah. You know, the sacral energy exchange. So when you're exchanging those fluids or you're exchanging that energy, everyone you attach to, right now we're exchanging an energy. We're pulling in each other's energy. Mm -hmm. uh, having it for that year, definitely. I'm glad you saw those benefits. I haven't won a year. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm always up for a challenge, though. You know? <laughs> I'm always up for a challenge, and that's something that could be done because, you know, you know, my woman, I enjoy her without happen to have the physical aspect of it. But, yeah. you know, the touch is important, but the sexual portion of it is not as important. Yeah, it's a book I bought by, uh, was it Mantok Chia? It's uh, uh -huh. the multi-orgasmic man. I think that's what it's called. We could basically have an orgasm without having an ejaculatory response. You literally can have a full body, like orgasm, like a woman would have. Right. But you have to, um, build up the energy, circulate the energy, and not release for a certain amount of time for that to happen consistently. Uh, I didn't get to that point, man. I think that's like super saiyan. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's possible, man. I think it's, uh, if you really like really focus on it and really like uh, channel that energy, you can, you can do anything with that energy. And that's the, okay. uh, really the first thing I got from that um, was through the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, where he talked about the reason why men aren't really successful until they're older is because they release sexual energy all the time until they get older. Mm -hmm. And when they get older, they channel that energy into other things. Yep. So I'm like, well, why not start now? Why not look into this now while I'm still younger? You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, I'm telling my kids about some of this stuff because I didn't get any information about anything with our bodies, like other than like what they, what they taught us in high school. Right. And that was... Yeah, we, we didn't even talk about the education. Yeah. But in, high, in high school, they said masturbation is okay. Like, it's a good, good thing to do. Like, it's But they all hit, right? Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> yeah, that was normal. Do it. Do it often. You know. Yeah, do it as much it. as you want. But, yeah, you do lose out on that. And I can definitely see that. And, you know, in spells and cases I've had, you know, where you go without. But you do think clearer. You are more productive. You know what I mean? Because you're actually, like you say, channeling that energy somewhere else. You're channeling your thoughts somewhere else. You're putting in more effort to do other things than it is just to chase the tail. Right. So to speak. No disrespect to any woman. <laughs> <laughs> but just speaking on what you would, you know, what we would call it, right? You chase yeah. the tail. So if you're chasing the tail, you're not chasing this over here. This project could be done. Right. An hour trying to find a way to, to, to get a prize, right? When you can spend that hour to try to get something that's going to last even longer than that. Yeah. You know, so I'm about that. You know, that the other 23 is what I call it. You know, when I when I talk to certain people, I must have a delivery. When I talk to certain people, you know, even, you know, females back in the day, not recent. <laughs> but uh, it would be, excuse me, one minute. I think I have a delivery. Are you good? Sorry about that. So what I was calling it the other 20, the 23, is I would ask them, what's with the other 23 hours? After we do our physical portion, what do you fill in with the other 23 hours? As a kid, I know I filled in my other 23 hours, of course, with some sleep, but other thoughts of trying to have that other hour, right? So I'm wasting a whole bunch of time to get to that one hour when I could take those and be more productive. But I didn't as much as I should have. 
but you, like you stated, you, you found that out later in life because we're not trying to put that energy out there like that. Yeah. We're finding a good spot. And now we're able to build and we're like, dang, I could have done this a long time ago. I could have done this. Oh, wow. I didn't know I could do this. But yeah, there's so many things that's tied into it. So many things. So, like, do you uh, talk to your sons? You say you have three sons. Do you talk to them about this type of stuff? Oh, yeah. As far as, like, sexual, oh, yeah. uh, like, retention and all that? I talk to them about holding out. Uh, you know, I tried to talk to them at the level that we were talking. You know, I was putting it at the, at the level of understanding. I was yeah. trying to deliver it to them at the level that they were. I was like, well, you know, you don't have to do this. But my oldest son, he's married, you know, three children. He's good now, you know, <laughs> but he did, <laughs> he remained with one woman and, you know, stayed and he's the oh, great I... father. So he's doing his thing. Uh, my middle son, he started young. You know, I was like, don't follow in my steps like that. <laughs> no, but yeah, they, they're doing it. My youngest, you know, of course you, you, you learn more as you go through your children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with my youngest, I was able to say, hey, Listen, I think I got this right now. <laughs> this is this and this. They're going to always be there. They're, you know, my youngest is six, seven, you know, playing basketball. He's, you know, getting ready to go to college and uh, off in, uh, in Lakeland College. And you know what happens with athletes. You know already what happens with athletes. Yeah. But you can't be an optimal athlete, regardless of the Will Chamberlain stories. You can't be an <laughs> optimal athlete. <laughs> If you're out there wasting that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing about Muhammad Ali uh, before he fought, like he would take like six months to a year just retaining. And that's my that's one of my heroes. Yeah, to get to be as strong as he possibly could for the fight. Mm-hmm. He got an advantage with that, you know. Like the other fighter might have been letting it go the whole time, but right. Uh, tell me more about your, your kids, man. Um, what are their uh, what would say what would you say their personalities are like? You have to describe him. Uh, my oldest, he is headstrong, real headstrong, family oriented too, um, very creative. My second, my middle son, he's cohesive. <clears throat> he wants to keep the family and everybody together. He's the jokester too, so he follows a lot of my my joking. And then if we go with my youngest, he's more compassionate. Now, not saying that they all don't have those, but these are their strong uh, suits. My youngest is the most compassionate, and my middle is the, the cohesive, and then my youngest is the headstrong. And it's funny that they follow in that order because, of course, being the oldest, you have to be that, and he just ends up being it. Then my second, because you're the middle child, you have that middle child syndrome. You always want to be cohesive and be a fit in. And then my youngest, he just has the compassion for everybody. And even with uh, a learning story that I learned from him, I know you all was talking about the learning. So you don't mind if I talk about this story, do you? Oh, go ahead. So each one of them has taught me something, right? And my youngest is the one that, resonated with me at a time I was going through I had a divorce I was married got a divorce and I had my youngest son it was my Christmas uh for him to spend with me so he came and uh he's spending you know time with me first he was worried you know when it happened he was like are you gonna be okay you know what I mean I know you've always done the partnership and you, you know you gotta have you know uh you know with your wife and y'all was always doing things together y'all built together are you going to be good by yourself? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to be great. I appreciate it. Dad's going to be all right. So he came to, to visit, and we're sitting there, and I'm fixing him lunch. And so I wanted to see how he would react. And I made our sandwiches. I brought his to the table first. And so then I sat down, just sit down next to him. And so he looks over at me, and he says, where's yours? I said, oh, don't worry. Go ahead and eat. I want you to eat. I want to make sure you're good. He said, well, then you better go grab a knife because we're going to eat together. Oh, man. And so I looked at him and I, and then, you know, I get 
the chills now. That, that same day, man, I get the chill. And I looked at him, I said, you know what? I want to be like you when I grow up. Because in that moment, that compassion for humanity, compassion for people came out. He was like, hey, I'm not going to eat this by myself. We're going to cut this and we're going to enjoy it together. And I would, never, bread together. Man, I would never forget that, ever. That was, just, that was a life lesson. And I was like, man, you know, because it's other parts of yourself that you see come out of other people that you don't think they're watching or right. noticing. But it makes you have to really live up to those things. How old was your son when he did that? He, that was in 2015, so he was 12. Mm. You know, this came from a, not even a teenager. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, just in that moment, you know, they all give me them wow moments. And it's like, okay. <laughs> wow. You know, my, my middle son, he did that, you know, when he had um, his daughter's mom, when he found out that uh, she was pregnant. I always told him, if you're going to bring a child into this world, you better make sure that you're prepared. Mm -hmm. Better have a job. So he didn't want to tell me that she was pregnant until he secured a job. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, 17, about to be turned 18. It, it was so close to my story. It was ridiculous. That's so why I told him, don't be like me all the way. <laughs> <laughs> so... But when we had our talk in June, uh, nine years ago, he was like, oh, you know what, Dad? I have something to tell you. He said, but first I want to tell you I have a job. <laughs> first the news. <laughs> I was like, all right, that. And then he went on to tell me about, uh, you know, her being pregnant, this, that, and the other. And, you know, I was like, man. He's like, I know I'm prepared, but you always told me that if I'm going to bring a child in this world, that I have to be prepared. I said, at least with the job. I said, but you still got to be mentally stronger, too. I said, yeah. there's no handbook to a 17-year-old about to turn 18 of being a parent. I said, definitely not a handbook then. I said, there ain't even no handbook now. I said, so I'm going to tell you what I can tell you from what I lived through and what I heard. But he was able to come to me, and that just showed his level of growing into maturity. Mm. You know what I mean? So I didn't have that conversation from my father to hand down to me, yeah. you know, or some, or, or influential male figure at that point. You know, I had my uncles, but they was chasing the, the sacred energy exchange. <laughs> <laughs> chasing the tail, huh? Right. So, can you talk about your experience uh, becoming a dad for the first time? Wow. So my very first words, I remember like it was yesterday, because I always told my mother, I was like, Whoever has my child is going to be my wife. She was always trying to tell me something else, but I kept interrupting. So when uh, she got the test, she told me, she was like, hey, uh, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you how, how old were you? I was 17. Okay, okay. 17. I, I turned 18. She told me I was 17. That was in December of... Uh, December 91, 90, sorry. December 90, she told me. I turned 18 in uh, March of 91. We had our son October of 91. So she told me that in December. Uh, part of me, you know, because we weren't together, you know, that first initial, I got to be very transparent with this. Two things I said. And then it was kind of like I was bipolar <laughs> in that moment. Oh, yeah, my baby. 17, right? Athlete, doing my thing. I'm like, hey, my baby. So she walks away. And I'm like, where you going? I said, you may as well get prepared. You're going to be my wife. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> 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 ain't sure. I better be. I'm about to be your wife. Because for me, it's like I didn't want to leave a child like I felt. You know, my dad was around in later years, but he wasn't around like I thought he should be, right? That's what mm. you think. But my moment was, of course, mixed feelings, but the overpowering feeling was, hey, I have to be there for my baby. You know, he was born at 6.30. You know what I mean? So see, October 9th, 6.30 p.m. We have so many false, uh, what was it, the false uh, contractions and all those. So every time we there, Nope, not this time. Go home. Nope, not this time. Go home. Nope, not this time. Go home. 
So they called me the last time. Hey, she's in the hospital. She's getting ready to have your baby. I was like, you know what? She didn't have so many of them doggone uh, <laughs> them false ones. I'm going to keep hooping. Y'all holler at me <laughs> when it's time. I get the call from the basketball court. I go running, and they say, you are a father. I said, what? What time? 6.30. Bet. 6.30. Love it. That's cool. So how did you, like, how did you tell your, your mom? Ooh. <laughs> um, delayed. <laughs> delayed, because I was a senior in high school. So it was funny, right? My mother, she picks up on that, uh, the energy thing too. She's always, you know, I got a sixth sense. And, you know, if you follow astrology, Pisces are the strongest signs towards the sixth sense and things like that. So I had my son's mother come over and she had on this sweater. And so she come over and we all just kicking it. She goes back to the room and my mother's sitting on the couch and she's looking at me and she said, come here. I was like, huh? <laughs> you heard me. And you heard me. <laughs> so I creep over by her and she's like, um, you want to tell me something? I was like, no, not at all. She's like, uh, she looks, uh, she looks pregnant. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, no, 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 no. You know, my eyes bugging. They're gonna tell tell sign. I gave it away. I'm like, oh. She's like, I already know. She's like, I pay attention to everything. She's like, she's pregnant. I'm like, dang. I was gonna. Wait to tell you. <laughs> nope. I, I thought Couldn't you were gonna say, "She is." How'd she get like that? Right. <laughs> I wish. Hey, listen, if I can, if I can take the lessons learned <laughs> and bottle those things up, I sure would. But yeah, no, she she knew before I can tell her. Mm. She already knew. So it's like she's she supportive to you all. Was that? Was she uh, supportive? To you all. Oh yeah, very supportive, very supportive. Um, you know, at one point, even moved her into the house with us. Uh, just you know, some things had went on, and 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 for me, I was like, "Mom, I got a bat for this." You know, she's about to have my child. You know, she's having, and at that point too, she had my child. I was like, no, we have to. And she was, she was there every step of the way, all the way from to birth, baby showers. I'm talking hospital room during the, the delivery, everything. Everything. She was 100% supportive. So you spoke about uh, your dad not being there, like growing up. Uh, can you speak a little bit more to that? Like, what was your experience like growing up with your dad? It was, you know, I saw him um, periodically. When I got around, uh, what was it, about 12? That's when I started spending more time around where he was at. You know, the home and his girl, his wife, uh, at that time turned to be out, you know, turned out to be his wife. You know, it was his girlfriend, they got married. Um, but the younger years, you know, he, I had the moments, you know what I'm saying? I had the moments. I had some seeds that he was there, but I didn't have that where I'm looking at this family like, man, your dad playing catch with you. You know what I'm saying? He hooping with you. You know, he throwing a football. Y'all talking about these things. So I didn't have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I had to make up conversations. You know what I mean? I had to, to, to look at other people as, as the role models. You know, but I took everything he said when I was with him. I took it and learned it. But I was always like, why not me? You know what I mean? Where's my conversation? You know, that, but he was on that sacred energy exchange. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. I get it, but it was what I also reflect on as indirect teaching, right? Because he wasn't there, I wanted to be there. I would still fail some because I didn't, still didn't have all the right ways to do it. And that was my thing is like, you know, having a child at 18, you don't know certain, you don't know a lot of things. Having a child at 28, 38, you don't know a lot of things because there's no manual. There's experiences that other people have, but that's, to them, but as far as with my dad, uh, we got closer. You know, I love jazz because of him. 
You know, we used to have those conversations, you know, back when I was coming over when I had the bang in the trunk and he listening to jazz. Man, I can hear you coming all the road with that boom de boom you know, and I'm like, man, what? I said, but you listening to this music, they ain't got no words. And I'm like, what are you doing? But I didn't understand it until I got older. And I'm listening to jazz like, I love John Coltrane, Thelonious Monk. You know, I love all these guys. I was like, yeah, that was him. So, and it came full circle. I know I'm talking about my dad, but it did come full circle. I was in the car with my youngest son. He was on a visit. And we was getting ready to go hoop. And I'm listening to some jazz as we driving up to the, uh, to the playground. And he literally almost had the conversation verbatim that me and my father was having. He's like, what are you listening? He's like, he's like, you listening to this music ain't got no words. It's just noise. <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, this is the only music. I said, everything come from this. And I'm trying to like my dad. And so I, was, I stopped myself mid-sentence. I'm like, I can't believe this. He's like, what? I said, me and my father had this exact conversation. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy because he's telling me how rap is. I'm like, dude, I know rap. I came up on it. I said, but I said, I'm into this jazz. I like this jazz too. I said, but you need to turn yourself into some, for some of this. He's like, nah, I ain't got no words. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. That's crazy. How things, uh, like you said, come full circle. They do. Uh, Man, but, you know, growing up, you know, with him not present, just to jump back on track with that, it made me look for that role model person, that father figure. You know, my mom was strongest as, as ever you know, hats off to her to this day. You know what I mean? She still taught me uh, how to be a man from a woman's standpoint. I didn't learn how to be the man from the man's standpoint from my dad until I got older. I wanted those, that five to 11 year old conversation. What are you gonna tell me right here that is gonna crack open in my head when I'm 24? Instead, I picked up around that 16 to 18 to 20s, and then they don't crack open until you're in your 30s. Mm. I'm like, wait, your bamboo has now sprouted, but it's in my 30s. I wish I would have knew this, you know, eight years ago. But, you know, it happened how it happened. Uh, we had a great relationship his last days, uh, last years on earth. Um, I learned a lot in the years that I did have this presence. I learned a lot. I was able to have some conversations with him, you know, and just be able to watch the way he moved. And the way he moved, I would definitely say, has really helped me of who I am today and some of the things that I do. That's great, man. I, I, you couldn't tell me that you was a grandfather. I wouldn't believe you <laughs> at all. Listen, <laughs> like lies. All eyes. <laughs> people, hey, they don't believe it, man, when I tell them how old I am. You know, they'd be like, how old are you? And I was like 48. You know, I'm 48 years old. Uh, they was like, oh, well, how do you look like that? Well, I was like, I don't stress. You know, it, it, what is stressing going to do? That's going to retain some energy that's going to destroy <laughs> your body. Yeah. That's just facts. You know, I have four grandchildren total. My oldest son has three, my middle son has one. And my youngest son, zero, and it should stay that way for a <laughs> God willing. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's about, you know, a, a healthy lifestyle, your habits, uh, not being able to stress, you know, or, or not to stress as much. You know, I didn't go through stress when I was, uh, you know, going back to when I was 18, and we were getting ready to have our, you know, we had our son between the age of 18 and 19, I had an ulcer, you know, yeah. and that came from stressing, just, you know, trying to learn how to be a father, trying to learn how to be a boyfriend, trying to learn how to be a teenager. You know, I'm still a kid and I'm trying to transition from being a kid to an adult because I went and chose to do some adult things. So now I, I, I cut my curve out. My curve was cut and I didn't know how to handle it. But again, in our community, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about depression. We don't talk about, you know, back then anyway, it's, you know, it still trickles today. But those are the things you bottle up. Yeah. And usually when you act out, it's out, out in rage. 
or you act out in, in shutting people off. So now you got to handle it by yourself. And I was handling it by myself until it hurt me. I was like, man, my stomach hurt. You know, I'm going to the doctor. He's like, you have an ulcer. You have to re remove things out of your life that stress you. So I removed her. <laughs> so, <laughs> Simply put, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> You're killing me, literally. <laughs> no, but it, it was uh, it was definitely a, a learning process. Um, but yeah, and that's how I am now. I, I don't stress. I put it in other hands. The universe, the created, you know, the plan that was written Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, if you go off the Bible. You know, it's just certain things. They are it's already a plan. Yeah. Don't stress on it. And they try to tell you that when you're younger because they went through it and found out. And I'm speaking like our elders, our family, our mothers and fathers, aunties, uncles. Somebody have told you, hey, you can't change it. If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, I, I started taking that into it. They're like, you don't stress about nothing. I'm like, no, I actually excel during times that people call calamity. That's when I'm the most calm. I'm the eye of the storm. You know, that's what I look at for myself. I try to be the eye of the storm. Everything out there is going crazy, but they say that if you, and I reference that, if they say when with tornadoes, the most calm place inside the tornado is the center. Yeah. It's peaceful. But it's tearing everything up on the outside like a Tasmanian devil in this path. But the center of it, you've got to be at peace. You know, you've seen movies where everything is just going crazy and they got this one person in, in the scene just like, here's nothing. This is nothing. And then you just calculate and do your thing. Like Book of Eli. You know, that's, <laughs> it was in his hell. That's why, that's, you just got to have that, man. Don't stress. Don't stress. If anybody can learn anything, if you can't change it, do what you can and let the rest work itself out. You remove yourself from places that are definitely detrimental to your peace. So are the challenges of being a granddad the same as the challenges of being a father? I'm pretty sure that they're not, but like what are the differences? Oh, uh, no. The differences on that is uh, you get to send them home. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to... You you one hundred percent don't have you know this is everything with grandchildren is by choice, mm. literally, is by choice. You're like oh I could do okay, you can say no. You know what I'm saying when you was younger and you your 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 significant other, baby mama, child's mother, have people reference them, if they was like hey I'm bringing them over this is this that's your child, yes, you take care of it with your grandchild you can say no. You're like, no, that's you. I already did my time. Yeah, <laughs> not today. Not today. Yeah, I, guess, oh, no, I guess you could say no if it's your kid, too. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> you know. Should you? Always you choice. Should, you, it, you always have a choice, right? Yeah. It's either yes or no. That was what I used to tell my son. I said, you always have a choice. Yeah. That don't mean it's always going to be the right choice. <laughs> you have a choice. But yeah, no, it's, it's uh, night and day. Night and day. I want to... For me, I want to establish even a stronger one, but because they live nine hours away, that's that's difficult at this time. Yeah, they're in Minnesota. I'm in Indianapolis, so that's okay. going to be difficult. You know, it's a lot. Is you know the travels, the schedules, things like that. But you make time for what you want, and that's what my goal is going forward. As I was talking to my son uh, a couple of weeks ago, did did your uh -huh. dad get to? Um get to spend time with his great-grandchildren and his grandchildren before he passed? No, he passed away 11 years ago, and my granddaughter my granddaughter was born nine years ago, so he missed out by two years. So he didn't get it. He got time to spend some with my son, very minimal, but, you know, yeah, he didn't know greats. Now, my mother, though, on the other hand, she she's a benefit to it all. Now, Richard, I asked you a question uh, when we booked the car. I asked you, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And, uh, and Richard, your response, was, it was a good one. Uh, you said, provider of information, strength, listening, examples, love, being a teacher and a student. 
being a protector and being able to express emotions and showing creative ways of communication. Mm -hmm. Kind of spoke to a lot of that already, but uh, if you want to expound on that a little more. Yeah, because I believe, and I said this when I referenced what my mother raising me for the man portion of it. Part of that comes from, and, and, and I'm not right or wrong about it, and it's not the definite answer, but I always believe that a woman teaches a man how to love, and a man teaches a woman how to be loved. Then the father teaches the son how to provide and protect. So we're more of the strength, right? So that's what we start teaching strength. But if we take what we also brought in from the female, then that helps him become a well-rounded man. Because when you think if we go barbershop talk, or we go basketball court talk, or we go guys night talk, it's really a conversation of who got, you know, who's the biggest, right? Let's do this. Who can tell the best story? Whose fish story is the best? So we start competing. And it's not harmful, but that's what we start doing. So I just wanted to teach him, hey, it's okay to cry. Because sometimes you don't have a friend that you can cry in front of. If you have one, you're blessed. You have found more than enough. And so those are the things I was trying to show him, like, you can be emotional, you can be creative, you can provide, you can protect. What does that look like? Well, that's going to depend on your relationship because they're all individualized. Some men want to just be the sole provider. And then you end up holding some energies that you shouldn't have. Some men want to do 50-50, 60-40, whatever the uh, percentages. So that's a difference. You know, how do you look at it? And I can't say I'm going to base my relationship or my fatherhood teachings based on someone else's full fatherhood teachings. I may take some things, and that's definitely going to be true. Because if I see you doing something, I'm like, man, I like the way that looks. Let me see if it works. And so I was trying to provide for them that, you know, show them how to protect. You know, not always saying this is the first thing you do, because you still have to be able to talk your way out of some things. You got to learn the usual, your, your intellect and your mouthpiece. You have to. Everything does not end in fisticuffs, and especially your generation coming up because y'all kind of don't know how to fight. You know what I mean? Just the, young, the younger generation just, oh, he, he hit me, I'm going to shoot him. Wait, what? Well, you skipped some steps, you know? So it's teaching them that. You know, wear your clothes right. Be presentable. I told him, if you say, I'm going I'm to I'm whoop you above with the belt that you forgot to wear. That's just it. I don't like the look of it, and I don't like where it was defined, the origins of it. A lot of them do, and then to each their own, but not to mine, until you're grown enough to make your own decisions. So it's just going around a lot of different things, creative. I, you know, I used to write poetry and songs and stories. So if you see me doing it, you know that it's possible. You know, if you see me designing a t-shirt, you know it's possible that you can design a t-shirt. If you see me recording a song, you can do it. If you see me go to college, you can do it. You see me play basketball, I put time and work in. You can do it. But I also had to be truthful with them. I was like, I never wanted to go to college. I never even thought about it just because of where I grew up. That wasn't what I talked about. It wasn't what was in the circles. And the ones who did talk about it, we didn't hang out. And so that influence, I wanted to show them those things. And I was like, hey, you know what? This is what I did. You know, my son, the conversation we just had a couple of weeks ago, we talked for about three hours and 48 minutes. And he told me some things that I didn't think he was listening to. He told me some things that I did not know. He told me some things that I should have known you know, outside of did not know. And he's like, man, I should have known that. But I was learning and I was teaching at the same time. And then we was also reflecting. And so it showed that the things that I told you in my, in my response, they were working. And sometimes, you know, you're not going to listen. We've all been children. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. You touch the stove. You know, don't run in the house. You're going to fall. You don't do it until you fall. Now you want to stop running. Yeah, but you should have done that first. But you had to test the water. 
So it was a lot of those things that, you know, I was trying to put into them. And of course I was going to fail. And that's okay. Because no one gets it right. No one gets it right 100% of the time. And I know I definitely didn't. But they were there to tell me in places where I could have done better. And now they're able to actually voice it a little bit better to me. And I can look back on it and be like, you know what? You're right. And I apologize for that. And that's the things I wanted to you know, tell them about that too, is being able to apologize, being able to show your emotions, being able to share your emotions. Because I've done it where I didn't. I've been in those places where I didn't share. And I just cut everybody off. So I was trying to teach them, hey, if you got something, say it, write it. Get it out, because this is horrible when it's trapped on the inside. It's terribly horrible. But yeah, you know, teaching them to love, and you know, and they used to fight each other, right? My my youngest son was growing up. I used to teach them. All right, it started with my nephews, and went to my son. So you know, two year difference. They want to fight. I catch them in the room. They scrapping a little bit, and I'm like, all right, you know, y'all doing your thing. I said, but y'all brothers. I said, so y'all gonna love first. I said, and since you all wanted to fight each other and wanted to put on the show, let's go outside. I take them in the yard, put them in the yard, and I made them hug. In the front yard, I said, here, hug each other. I'll be back. Now, you're embarrassed to love on your brother, but you weren't embarrassed to fight him? Learn that lesson. You're gonna love your brother. You fight when it's necessary, you fight when, you know, y'all just not going to be doing no miscellaneous, just, oh, you got the best crayon in the house. No, that's not something to fight over. We're going to talk those out. So, yeah, just different, just different things I've done um, and learned through the years. But it still strengthens them. You know, I used to punish them with push-ups. You know, not whooping, but punish them with push-ups. You know, they got some whoopings, I ain't going to lie. But I would always strengthen their body that they didn't understand that was happening. Yeah, I used to call it the drop position. You just drop and you hold. It's almost what they call planks, right? I didn't know it was called planks. You know, I just like drop. That started from my nephews to my sons. All right, you want to be crazy? Drop. You know, I was known to just talk to them. Because if I talk to you, I don't want to have to put my hands on you. Because then I'm putting fear. I don't want you to be afraid. Because if you're afraid, then you're not going to share. You're not going to open up to me. But if I'm talking to you, and I'm talking to them just like I'm talking to y'all right now. This tone, you can't even hear me because I'm not yelling. I'm just going through the, the, the situations to, together. And my mother always brings up these stories. She's like, you remember when you took him in the back? And I was like, oh, he finna get his butt toe up now. And I didn't hear nothing, but then he came out crying. I said, and you know, I said what did you do? I said, I just talked to him. Because when you talk to him, you give him time to reflect. You whooping him. I didn't give time to protect her. I ain't trying to stop those in. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's you know, that was that's part of what 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 it was for me. Um if I could do it over, I would. But then again, nah, sometimes you just gotta let it let it be what it is. But you know, sometimes we want that do-over. Like, oh, I wanna do that one more time. <laughs> I wanna do that one more time. But no, they, you know. That it was like you're doing it with your with your 18 year old. Like you said, uh, a lot of things that you uh, may have made a mistake on with the first two, you uh, clearing it up with the third one. Now you got yeah. grandchildren too, so it's even more time. That, that yeah, and see, and that's what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So to be able to see what they're doing now with their children, you know, it just makes you sit back sometimes to smile. Yeah. Just sit back and smile. Like, man, I was not a total failure. <laughs> <laughs> I did some things right. I got it. <laughs> you know, but it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, it is it is just being a father is is, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that feeling, man. It you know, and, and I have no girls, right? So I used to get that 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 question. I don't know if you all have uh, girls or not. Yeah, both of you. Yeah. Uh, see, look at that. So <laughs> so here's the thing. They'd be like, "Oh, daddy, did the girls get?" Uh, the, the daddies do everything for the daughters. They do all of it. I said, well, I got three boys and they're now men. I said, well, they got me just like a, a, a girl would have a father. I said, they're my children. 
So if they say something, I'm on it. Just because you mentioned it, now I'm trying to see if I can make it happen. If I say I'm going to be there, I want to be there. You say you want to get this, all right, let's make it make sense. So then I didn't have no girls, but I was like, I said, there ain't no difference. I said, man, I get it. You know, they, you protective. I'm protective of mine. I didn't want my son to fall and get hurt. I know he has to, but a protector, you don't want that to happen. If you can save them some pain yeah. or, you know, your child has a cold and you wish that you had the, the stuffy nose instead of them, you know, it's just like, oh, I wish I had that. That way they can't suffer because they don't know how to handle that at that, you know, a certain age. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's those, man. Yeah, yeah. This is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Congratulations to you guys. I ain't had no girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I hear what you're saying. Man. I treat, um, I have two girls and a son, uh, but okay. I treat all of my kids the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I have heard that, you know, that people say that. Like, Yeah. You're like, if you get a girl, man, the girls, they have you wrapped around their finger. I'm like, well, no. my son's got me the same <laughs> way. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I did inherit uh, uh, during my marriage because it was uh, not with any of their moms. Because, um, you know, I had my first two when I was 18. So they were by the same woman. And then 10 years later, uh, me and another woman, we were together and thought we were going to do our family thing. And it didn't work out, but we have a beautiful son. But I got married after that, and she had twin daughters. Okay. And I met them when they were 10. So that was just a whole nother world. They, they gave you a hard time? Uh, I only had that one conversation that you get with the, uh, you not my father. Uh-huh. <laughs> I only got that one. I only had it one time. And, uh, you know, part of me, like I stated, I don't always get it right when I say some things. But I said what I said, and I meant what I said. Maybe I could have said it a different way, but I meant what I said. And looking back on it, it's really not that harsh. But she was like, uh, we were sitting there, and I was having them do some chores, and I was developing a plan. Like, hey, this is how you can get it done. I said, you're, you're not wanting to do it. You're putting off. It's taking you more time to avoid doing it than it would take you to just do it. So I showed them step by step every chore that they can do and how much time it can be done. I was like, look. Done. Y'all done in 37 minutes. I said, now you got the rest of the day to do whatever you want. So we go in and I go through this and go through the trials. And one day we sit at home and I ask them, hey, is your chores done? They're like, nope. I said, okay, well, I need y'all to get the chores done. But they wanted to watch the wrestling. So I'm like, okay. I go in the room, turn off the TV, unplug it. I need them chores done now. First one didn't say nothing. She just went on here and scurried out, did it, and started doing that thing. The second one, in that moment, she just had that moment. She was like, you're not my father. (laughs) 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 I said, you know what? You're right. Because I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and that's by choice. So she got mad. She did her thing. But I did learn. And this is learning with my own children, right? I was like, you know what? I sat in the room. And it's probably 15, 20 minutes because I can be stubborn. I said, nope. I'm about to go make it right, right now. So I went and got her, brought her in. She explained to me she was, you know, wanting to do something. I said, I get how it goes. We both could have worked on how we delivered some things. She was like, I love you, you know, and I'm glad that you're in our lives. I was like, I love you too. This is how it goes. I said, listen. You know, I was always told y'all, stepfathers are great. Fathers are great. I said, but here's the deal. We're going to have respect for each other. I'm going to be here. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes, but we're going to fix them together. So now go finish your chores. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. You you hit a below the belt, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was... uh, it was one of those, because the thing is, I was an advocate, even when they didn't have the love for him. I was an advocate. That's still your father. It's Father's Day. If you don't do nothing else, call him on Father's Day and his birthday. I said, if nothing else, I get it. I understand that you're hurt. You're doing this and the other. I said, but it's going to mean 
the world to him, even if at the moments you feel like he don't mean the world to you or you don't mean the world to him. Yeah. I said, but understand, still there are things that we can't, you'll find out later. I said, just do it. And so they would do it. And I was like, I always advocated for them because I get it. We don't all get it right. None of us, you know? And just to be able to say, hey, I would want somebody to do that for me. Yeah. If you're in my, in my son's life, I would want you to advocate for the father that's not there. Unless that person is just, some of us don't deserve it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even with theirs, I was like, he deserves at least just a hello, a happy birthday. He's missing out on your beautiful life. That's his loss. But you show him who the better person is. You show him who the bigger person is. You show him, hey, here it is. Happy Father's Day. You're still a father. still your father, no matter what you look at. Father, dad, donor, however y'all want to put it, he still was that one that helped bring life. So, yeah, I advocate for him. You know, I advocate for all, you know, fathers out there. And there's a lot of things that we go through. <laughs> so, yeah. sometimes, sometimes unjust, sometimes just. But yeah, man, it's craziness. But I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it. So we're getting a, uh, close to time. Uh -huh. And um, like we have like a question that we usually ask, but I'm going to change it up today. How would you want your children, grandchildren, and the people that you've interacted with to remember you, what would you want them to say about you when, you when you're gone? That he loved people and he wanted what was best for them. That's, that's my whole purpose. My purpose in life is to, to make whoever I was near a little bit better. And that's actually on my shirt. You can't see it. There's chain breaks, okay. <laughs> you know, and that's 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 meant in a lot of ways of breaking chains. So, I just you know people remember me by hey, he just wanted to help. He wanted to help. He wanted to love. That was dope. Yeah, I can't can't do no more than that, man. <laughs> Say it again, man. We've been going across a string of great interviews. I'm going to add this to the list. We got, uh, we got a Hall of Fame. Duck <laughs> this one into, into the WTF Hall of Fame, man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all time, man. Definitely for, you know, you know, supporting fathers. Yeah. You know, the platform that you're doing. Uh, appreciate you, sir, for reaching out, you know. Uh, and Raheem, I appreciate you as well for sharing things that you shared and, you know, taking this moment in time you know, to, to have me on board, you know, and if there's anything and y'all doing anything that way uh, in, in Illinois and y'all say, hey, we need some help, let me know, you know, I'll try to make some things happen and, and, and get that way and, you know, whatever we can do to make the world better. Meliorism, baby, meliorism. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, appreciate, appreciate that, man. It's definitely the last time we're gonna talk, man. We're gonna have some more conversations for sure, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm gonna, I may try to uh, go in on the retention. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> One day at a time. One day at a time, but that's it. That's it, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, for myself, for Sir Royce Priales, for Dr. Raheem Young, and for Richard Riley. Uh, I want to do something a little different. Normally, I just wrap it at that point. But what I want to do for the people that got to this far in this interview, I want you to take a moment, wherever you are, if you're driving, I don't care what you're doing, take three deep breaths, count them, one, two, three, and you became present in this moment right now. One, two, three, that's something. Can you do it for me, people? See, Richard doing it right now. One, two, three. No, no. I, thank you. I thank you for it. <laughs> and thanks for listening. And stay tuned for further announcements. Yes, yes. Sir Royce here. And I want to thank you again for listening to WTF Interviews. Leave a review as it helps more people like yourself receive the message. Also, consider donating to Welcome to Fatherhood 
It's a nonprofit that myself and Dr. Raheem Young created to help dads showcase their superpowers to the masses. You can do that by going to WTFatherhood.org. Again, gratitude and be well. You already are.